You are listening to New Life The Fort. We believe your vision will be expanded and your heart enlarged. If you are blessed by this message, write to info at newlifethefort.com. The declaration for the year is this scripture, which I'll read, Isaiah 54, verse 2 to 4. I pray we don't get tired. If we end up reading this every Sunday for the rest of the year, I pray that we don't get familiar with this. I'm not saying we'll do that, but we don't know. It may come up every so often, but it's good because this is for the year. Isaiah 54, verse 2 to 4. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. Somebody say, I'll expand. Your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear. Turn to somebody and say, do not fear. For you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced. For you will not be put to shame. We'll end there. Year of expansion, 2016. It's good. The Sundays, you know, the past two Sundays, pastor preached, encouraging word, left as a charge, continue in the grace, and we shall. We will, not, we will not stop. We will continue. Yay, great, wonderful, awesome. What does it mean? You know, we're settling in. We're starting to settle in. Okay, you know, we realize it's actually 2016. Some of you are still making mistakes, writing the dates. Yes. Okay, I don't think... I think for the next week or so, we will still write, you know, 2015. Hopefully, it's not checks because you can't anymore, right? What does it mean? You know, it's not, it's, it's, we need to go beyond the big celebrations, the, the lights and the big band and all these. It, it needs to go beyond that. It needs to get real and say, okay, Lord, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for me? It needs to move from declaration. I said this last Thursday in the midweek. It needs to move from declaration to application. So we declared it. Okay, Lord, you know, we need to get out there and, you know, help, Holy Spirit help us for it to become an application in our lives. From the spiritual to the practical because God does not, you know, God does not just dwell in the spiritual. He cares about the practical things. That's why the Word became flesh. He needs to show, He needs to let us know that the, these things He cares about. It needs to be brought down to the level where we can begin to chew on things. So over the next few Sundays, we will chew on what does it mean to expand what does it mean, Lord? I, I just don't want to, I don't want it just to have a nice tagline for the year. It needs to be something that we see. Remember, if God shows it to you and if you see it, He will perform it. So we need to begin to picture, okay, Lord, I, I want to see that expansion. Right? And if you were in the first service, who among you were in the first service last uh, Sunday? First service? I didn't get to say this and I apologize. I remember I, I, I did this on the second service. I said, uh, uh, last, last year, pastor challenged us to have five lists, five, uh, five things, five lists, five lists, okay? Five lists of five things. Now, five things that uh, we want to believe God for, and that's good. In fact, I want to continue that, you know, that tradition that he started Let's all believe, maybe some of you already started. Maybe you didn't need encouragement. But what I want to encourage you with is this. If you have a list, go ahead and look at it, check it twice. Right? If you have five or maybe more, what I want you to do is go through the list and expand it. Not necessarily add to the list, but go to your list. If, for example, you're believing to go on a vacation somewhere in the islands, Expand it, maybe believe for outside the country. Just expand it a little bit. And you're thinking, look, it's, you know, it's already a stretch, you know, um, believing for a vacation or two within the nation. Well then, let me stretch you a little bit further. Because if you're believing for that, believing God for that anyway, might as well expand it because it's still God anyway. 
right? So go through that list again. Maybe if you haven't had one, just sit down with the Lord. Say, Lord, what do you want me to believe for? And then let him stretch you. Let him expand you for what you're believing for. But it's something that is necessary for us to understand is we need to be intentional. We need to be intentional in putting that what God has given us, the declaration, the vision of expansion, what God has given us, we need to keep it before us at all times. Because it's so easy, you know, as you, as you get through the year, all these things, what God has said, it's easy, it can easily be swallowed up by the routines of daily life. Right? You go to the thing, oh, no, by the end of the year, uh, you know, we go back and come together again, big celebration, and we say, remember this year was a year of expansion. Some will go, I don't want anyone to go, oh, oh, no, year of expansion. But if we keep it before us, Lord, you know, keep uh, acknowledging Him. We, uh, uh, we keep on inquiring, Lord, what does it mean? David said, you know, one thing I long for, to be in the house of God and to inquire, to ask, to know. And I pray that we have that heart. And pastor said, continue in the grace. And Pastor Mitch and I were, you know, praying and discussing, you know, so, so when we're back in Market Market, what's our first message? And it seemed good to continue in the grace. If we say we're going to continue... If we said that last, last Sunday, well, we might as well start today. In fact, let me tell you something. This message is nothing new. It's actually very simple. But it's the simple things that make us mature. And sometimes you think, oh, I've, you know, I know that already. Do you know that uh, who among you, you went to school and you, you, know, you love math? You love math? <clears throat> See, it's only a few people. It's good, I'm not saying, right? And some of these things are very complicated. And you have to put them in parentheses, and you have to use letters and whatever. Numbers nga to, why letters? I don't understand. There you go, variables. Like no nosebleed na ko. Right? No, what I'm saying is this. A lot of these things, really, really, you don't use it in daily life. But what you use in daily life, they're the basic things. Plus, minus. You always... When you're paying, right? You better know. <laughs> right? I remember my Lola. Uh, she came from the province. And uh, this is my adopted Lola. She came from the province. And she didn't know. She, she, she went to the market. And she was asking for... Uh, she didn't know the word... Uh, uh, no. Wala uh, discount sa Tagalog? Wala bang tawad? Right? Wala bang tawad. I like that word tawad because you're asking for forgiveness right away. <laughs> and she, um, uh, for the foreigners, tawad means uh, a discount or something, right? But it also means forgive me. <laughs> okay? Um, so she didn't know the word bawas and she was, you know, uh, uh, trying to get a deal with this lady in the market. And she kept saying, wala bang dagdag. Wala bang dagdag? <laughs> and the lady said, oh, Sure, dagdagan ko. Imbis na five pesos, gusto mo six. No, dagdagan mo pa. <laughs> and they couldn't agree because, you know, plus minus. Basic things. Semantics. They couldn't agree. But the basic things are the ones that you carry. No matter how mature you get, you never leave the basic things. And you never leave the love of God and, you know, hope and faith and, and the grace of God. Let us be established. And we are reminding you at the beginning of the year that this is, where, this is what we're standing on. We're standing on the grace of God. So if, if we may, I, we want to talk to you about the expansive grace of God. The grace of God that is wide and deep and high this grace is overreaching. This grace, there's no place that you can hide from the grace of God. We said last Sunday um, that, you know, the, when, when God creates something, He cannot help but part of His nature goes into what He makes. And the very fullness 
of the representation on the earth of who he is, is when he made man, created in his own image and likeness. But even in creation, you can see traces of who he is. And if you want to talk about the expanse, the great you know, expansion that God made, just look at the universe, we said, and the universe, the Bible says, the, the, the measure of the universe is just in, the, it's in his hand. So just imagine if the whole universe is just, you know, it's small enough to be in His hand. How much bigger is our God? And how much bigger is His grace compared to the things that are going on in the whole universe? And we look at our problems and say, Lord, this is so big. Wait a minute. You're so much bigger than what's going on in every life, in every city, in every nation in the world. You can take care of this. This is nothing to you. In fact, the Bible says, Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1. It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor His ear heavy that it cannot hear. Wherever you are, His, his hand is not too short. I, I, I can't reach you. You're, you know, you're, you're uh, what does it say uh, uh, on the phone if you, if you can't contact the person? Out of, you, out of service, you cannot be reached. Thank God that God is not like smart or globe or sun or whatever. Wonderful names, smart, globe, sun, but all these things have their limitations because God is greater than global. God is brighter than the sun and is smarter than smart. Because they have limitations. You are not out of reach. It's a good word today. You are not out of reach. What I want to tell you first is that God was the one who searched you out. He sought you. He was the one looking for you at first. You didn't even know God. Maybe you can grow up in church and know all the stories in the Bible and know all the scriptures but not know God. There are people like that. I remember one time uh, we, were, we were still in trumpets and they were doing this show called Pamilya Maleta. It's a story of, uh, it's a wonderful story about redemption, restoration, small family, Filipino family. <clears throat> and they were doing the show and it's funny, it's witty, <clears throat> and uh, it's, uh, at the end of the day, it hits you. Parang, from, from the left field, suddenly it touches and grips your heart and, you know, you see the goodness of God in the show, and that's wonderful. At the end of the show, you know, people uh, would be prayed for, and uh, there was one lady who came forward, and he said, uh, "I, you know, can you please help me? I, I want, I want to receive Jesus." And so they asked her, you know, what she's doing, where she's from, and you know, whatever. And she said, "I'm from the province," and she said, "I'm a pastor's wife," and that's very interesting because. You know, she's a pastor's wife for a while, and she didn't know Jesus. She wanted to receive Christ. So people can be in church, but necessarily be in God. And so before we even knew Him, the Bible says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He was the one who sought us out. This is a kind of grace that God displays and expresses over us. He seeks you out. Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. The Bible says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to Him. He wants to show Himself strong. In another translation, it would say this in a New American Standard Bible. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that He may strongly support those whose heart is completely His. So it's not just, when the Bible says He wants to show Himself strong, it's not just saying, I'm strong, you're weak. Bleh. No, he really, he really wants to show Himself strong so that you will rely on His strength. It says, He will show support. Okay, He may strongly support those whose heart is completely His. Who among you need support today? 
Each and every day, we need God's support. We need, his, we need that fresh favor, that new mercy every morning. We need to look upon Him. Lord, you know, apart from you today, we, it's good to have the heart of, of Moses when he said, Lord, if you're not going there, if your presence is not going to go there, why would we go there? So that, that dependence upon Him. But what does it say? He's the one who sought you out. I'm glad that He found you. Some people say, well, I found God. Well, that's nice, but He really found you. You didn't know where to look. <laughs> the Bible says, you know, that we may seek Him, although He's really not far from Him. God took the million steps, but He will not take the step that He designed for you to take. It's just one step towards Him. It's just, Lord, it's just really a recognition and acknowledgement of the need for Him. Lord, I need you. That's the only step. He took the, he took the step, the, the, the gap that was, that was so wide between us. He was the one who took that. He sought you out. In Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 11 to 16. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says in the New Living Translation. I myself will search and find my sheep. I will be like a shepherd looking for his scattered flock. I will find. See, it's all him. Praise the Lord. I myself will, find, will search and find. I will be like a shepherd looking for his scattered flock. I will find my sheep and rescue them from all the places that they were scattered on the dark and cloudy day. I will bring them back home to their own land of Israel. This is talking about the Israelites. And among the peoples and nations. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel and by the rivers and in the places where people live. Yes. Even, even God says, yes. Okay. I will give them good... Pa- Does it sound like something? It sounds like a psalm. Right? Psalm 23 sounds like this. I will give them the good pastured land on the high hills of Israel. They will lie down in pleasant places. Woo! And feed in the lush pastures of the hills. I myself will tend my sheep and give them a place to lie down in peace, says the sovereign. So it's saying really to lie down in peace is to be at rest. I will find you and give grace upon you so that the grace of God will allow you to be at rest. Amen. And then verse 16, I will search for my lost ones who strayed away. And I will bring them safely home again. I will bandage the injured and strengthen the weak. We'll end there. If somehow you feel like last year or the past few years, maybe not even that, maybe even last week or a a, a few days ago, maybe somehow you feel like you're lost, you're wandering about, you're, you're so far from Him. Guess what? You are never too far from Him. He's able to find you and to reach you. In fact, He's seeking you out. I mean... May I use another word? He is not just seeking you out casually. He's hunting you down. Uh, the, the scripture we were just mentioning, Psalm 23. Towards the end of that, you know, it's, good. it's a good psalm. You know, it, it's like what it's saying here that he will give you, you know, I am the, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. That you will not lack, you're not, you know, he'll take care of you, make you lie down, make you, you know, uh, lie down in, you know, still waters, make you rest and all. That's all good. But at the end of that, what does it say? Surely, what? Goodness and translation, that's his grace. That's his, you know, favor upon you. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. Now, when we, when we picture follow, we, you know, we, at least when I picture it, we have this uh, image of, you know, like a, a small puppy that's just following us around, whatever. Well, change that picture into a cute little puppy because this thing is hunting you down. The very word means to hunt you down, to pursue you. It will not give up until it grabs you and gets you and wraps itself around you and never let you go. It's hunting you down. Maybe, you never, you, maybe you've never seen it this way, but the reason why you're here, He was hunting you down. All the while, if you trace your life, he was, He's been showing His goodness to you. He's going to hunt you down. And guess what? It says here, it doesn't end when you get saved. It continues. 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. It didn't say, surely goodness and mercy will follow me until I get saved. It didn't say that. Anybody still alive today? Some of you parang mukhalang natutulog. Right? At rest. That's good. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Do you know when you wake up, you can, you can expect a wonderful chase? Nahabol ako ng goodness ni Lord. Pero ikaw naman, don't run away from it. Pahabol ka. I mean, but there's a, you know, the image before in the movies, in movies where the couple would be running around uh, in Luneta or something. You know, they're like chasing each other around coconut trees. <laughs> right? <laughs> the girl's not really running. <laughs> when, when my little boys, uh, my little boy plays with me or, you know, uh, even in Sami before, you know, we would play hide and seek. And it's interesting how they play, especially kids. You know, when they play, they re- they're really not trying to hide. They really want you to find them. I'm here! <laughs> and it's interesting, right? But it's that awesome, wonderful feeling. It, it, in fact, it, it goes beyond just hunting you down. It will overtake you. You don't know the steps that you're taking. God's saying, take that step. The goodness has already overtaken you. Sometimes we're looking for it. The Bible says, you know, uh, the, the, the wealth of the Gentiles, it's going to find you and seek you. Right? It's being transferred into your hands. And I pray that you will see manifestations of God's goodness chasing you down. And you see that when you take that step, that he, that he said, the ordered steps that He said, you'll see God's provision is there already there. It's already there. What you're seeking for is already there. In Romans chapter 2, verse 4, this is a wonderful picture. Or do, you not, or, or do you despise the riches of His goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? It is the goodness of God. You know, when I was thinking about this, you know, we have ushers here, they lead you to your seats. They don't push you to your seats. If anybody does that, we will pray for them very strongly. Okay? They do it with a smile. You know, sometimes you don't know. Maybe they're, they're ushering you and maybe you're sick. And when they usher you to your seat, suddenly the Spirit of God will move upon them and you're healed. You don't know. Because it's not just the pastors can pray for you. People outside, you know. I'm praying. I pray we get to a point where you enter the place. And then suddenly, you know, what, what's... what's What's ailing you, what disease, what illness, it, you're in the house of God and it's gone. Because any impurities cannot, cannot stand in the presence of God. But since you are holy, you're separated, you're already made good, you can stand before Him. But anything that's not of Him is gone. Amen? So, I don't know what I was saying. Why did I say that? If the goodness of God leads you to repentance. Leads you to repentance. It keeps showing itself up until you get to a point you can't deny God is so good. Lord, you know, I want to change the way I think. I need you in my life. God's goodness will... It didn't say God's wrath, God's anger, God's judgment, fire and brimstone. The goodness of God leads you to repentance. How many times, you know, in, in religious settings, we've heard that God is angry. God, and and it's, we always have this, this mindset that God's, God's picture should be like this. And we grow up like that. We grow up, well, you know, we, we, we grow up being trained by fear. And the victim is always the security guard or whoever. Not, you, police, security guard. Without, I'm not kidding. They... <laughs> My mom used to use the nuns because they're, I thought they were weird, you know, whatever, wearing, look, they're going to get you. And, I was, you know, and then she sends me to a, to a Catholic school run by nuns. I was like, my mom hates me. <laughs> and then I met this really wonderful, wonderful old lady, you know, God bless her heart. But I'm saying, I'm saying you know, 
why is it that we train people in fear? But God leads people to repentance by showering you His goodness. I said this last Thursday, I'll declare it over you. I declare that your year, the year that God has for you, will crown it with goodness. Let's go to that scripture, uh, Psalm 65 verse 11. Psalm 65 verse 11. Uh, it's a surprise, okay? So I like, I like surprises. Psalm 65 verse 11. Uh, Virgie read it earlier. See, there you go. Virgie is a prophetess. The crown, you, this is God saying, He will be the one to crown your year. Not you, Lord, look at me. Miss Universe. If you crown you, it will be taken away. Move on. People apologized. You crown the year with your goodness. It's not your goodness. See, what's good to you sometimes, it's not as good for God. Because that's not as good. When God says it's good, it's the best. So it's better to to seek His good rather than our best. Amen? You crown the year with your goodness, your path. Not your path. It's His path for you. Drips with abundance. So I declare that over you, New Life the Fort, that we will not wait for the year to look back. Was it crowned with goodness? No, at the beginning of the year, it's crowned with goodness. And you stay in His path, it will drip with abundance. It's oozing. You're oozing with abundance. Uh, um, I don't know if you... I remember when we went to Israel... Um, they use perfume that's, that's oiled or whatever. Very, very strong perfume. Okay? And this is the first, like, physical picture I had of when, when the lady with an alabaster jar broke, broke that jar to anoint Jesus. Because we went to a hotel, and there's a group of people, and somebody put this perfumed oil. It was just in a small container, and she put it on, and the aroma was just, it overwhelmed the whole lobby. And the great group of people already left. And that small, it didn't, she, it, she didn't spray it. She rolled, it's a, like a small roll-on perfume. And it stayed there for hours. It, that was in the morning. And we, when we came, I remember, okay, um, when we came back, you can still s- smell traces of it at night. So you're oozing with this. You're oozing with God's fragrance. When you enter the place, you know, you carry God's presence. What are you oozing of? What are you, what, you're dripping with something. And I pray that's, that's His goodness. That's His, you know, that's His favor upon you. Amen? You know, even, even, even when we miss it, God's heart, is not really to get angry at you. God's heart is, you don't need to go there. If there's something that's missing, if there's something that's, you know, not yet quite right for you, my heart is to bless you even further so you don't have to get there. You don't have to get to that other place. And, sorry? You don't have to look for it yourself. You don't have to go back to works, try to grab something, to want something. No, because God... What God has for you is so much greater. Truly, when I read the scripture, I mean, I'm sure some of you read the scripture, and I'm like, I'm amazed at how really, in the Old Testament, how really God is really, really good. His heart is really to display grace. Um, let's go to that scripture. I didn't uh, write it here. Second uh, Samuel, verse 12, 1-9. to We'll read that scripture. Chapter 12. Verse 1, this is a very famous event in David's life. And I'll read to you the scriptures, okay? It says here, then the Lord sent Nathan to David. Something just happened between Bathsheba and the husband of Bathsheba. You know, it was a bad testimony. Not good. And the Lord sent Nathan to David and he came to him and said to him, there were... Two men in one city. So he came as if Nathan was asking wisdom or advice from David. 
There were two men in one city, one rich and one, the other poor. The rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds. But the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb which he had bought and nourished. And it grew up together with him and with his children. It ate of his own food and drank from his own cup and lay in his bosom and it was like a daughter to him. And a traveler came to the rich man who refused to take from his own flock and from his own herd to prepare one for the wayfaring man and had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. So the rich man killed the lamb of this other guy who's poor. So David's anger, so this is the king. Hearing that story, righteous anger burned in him, said, this is wrong. David's anger was greatly aroused against the man, and he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, wow, declared, but as the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die. That's his declaration. And then, and he shall restore the fourfold for the lamb, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. What's the response? Then Nathan said to David, You're that man. David declared judgment over this man who did injustice, not knowing that he was that man. If you were the king, would you carry out your own sentence against you? Very interesting. You are the man. See, David was not as gracious or as merciful to this man. But what's the response of God? Thus, what's, what was the heart of God? Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king. Listen to, this is, see, David was very dear to God's heart. Very dear. This is Old Testament. You are in Christ. How much more are you so much his beloved? Very dear to God right now because of Jesus Christ says here, I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping. He's just saying, I gave you everything that belonged to him and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had not, if that, if that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. Can you imagine that? It's okay, you can stop there. I would have given you much more. God's heart is to give you much. If you think that's too little, that's why he's saying, I want you to dare more than what you could dare, what you can pray, what you can think. That's all. I will give it to you exceedingly because where you're headed on your own has nothing compared to what, what you can do on your, uh, on your own. The accomplishments on your own has nothing compared to what I have prepared for you. I would have given you so much more. It is the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. So I pray even this year, you know, if we're tempted, if we're, you know, if we're, um, if we're thinking maybe, 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 maybe God's taking a while, maybe I just do it. No, wait a minute. God's goodness is so much more. It drips with abundance. Amen? So if, if, if the grace of God will seek you out, will find you, will hunt you down, okay, and you've gotten to a point, Lord, I, I acknowledge this goodness, I acknowledge your presence, I acknowledge that I need you. Once you're in Him, you know what? There's no escape. Once you're in the clutches of His grace, there's nothing, grace, there was nothing that you did for you to deserve grace. And there's nothing that you can do for you to get out of it. This grace is awesome. I was reading the scripture. I said, wow, this is, this is amazing. Then he say that nothing can separate you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Romans chapter 8. Nothing can separate. Even you. It says there, even you. Nothing in heaven, on earth. Nothing can separate you. That's an amazing thing. I will never leave you, nor... That's an awesome promise. You know, when, when people are courting, you know, the, when guys are courting and they have these wonderful, awesome words and it sounds great, you know, I will give you the stars and, you know, um, and everything else that you desire. I mean, 
I, I wanted to say that to Pastor Mitch. I said, I want to give you the stars, but when I look at you, your eyes are brighter than the stars. So I don't want to put something more, more dull into your eyes when your, your eyes shine brighter. Bye, guys. Right? But it says here, Psalm 139, verse 7 to 12. I can never escape from your spirit. It's a good thing. Even in your lowest of lows, when you think God is not there, guess what? The scripture already went ahead and declared, you know what? You'll never escape from His Spirit. You'll never escape from His goodness and His grace. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, well, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. But don't go down to the grave. It's just as if. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans... Even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. God is the originator of supportahan taka. I will support you. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. That's what it says. And then it goes on to say that you have knit me in my mother's womb. He knows you. Guess what? You think you know you, God knows you better than you. You think sometimes, you know, you're so, you're drowning in your circumstance and you're, you know, and we're thinking, Lord, where's the help? Nobody knows my situation. Guess what? God knows more about your situation than you. Because you know some details, God knows every detail. The Bible says, and we said it here before, the Bible says He is the very present help in time of need. He's the very present help in time of need. Meaning, if you are present in your need, He's more present than you. He knows it. He's been there. He's, he's been, he's, he was there before you. He is there with you. And He's there even before you got there. And even after everything, every detail of your life, He knows it. And He has a plan. He has a purpose for you. And He's prepared it. And how do we see Jesus? Jesus is the exact representation. The splitting image. He is the the image of the Father. Hebrews chapter 1 says. The express image. And grace was the one that created everything. And grace came. The Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 17. That grace and truth came. Grace became a person. Maybe this is a bad illustration. So if it's a bad illustration, why would I continue? Never mind. Now I was just thinking, you know, for, you know we're looking for... I did this, uh, this show. It's called... Uh, Fantastics. It's a wonderful small show. And it's about different kinds of love. It's a love between, you know, romantic love. It's a love between friends, love between co-workers, different kinds of love. And uh, the director, the director was giving us notes and saying, because uh, we were having trouble making the show work because we didn't understand our parts. And I'll, I'll tell you what my part was in a bit. Okay? So the, the, the romantic love, this, the director was saying, you, you, too, you, you need to display you know, romance and you know, innocence and all of that because it's uh, you know, puppy love in a sense. And they're two friends, they're both fathers and whatever. You need to express you know, what, what love looks like as, you know, in friendship and what love looks like between between. Uh, boss and you know subordinate and all these and he, it was good notes and then he, she she turned to me and says you 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 need to figure out who you are <laughs> I was like I want to know who I because I was playing uh, it's called the mute okay I don't say anything I, actually I I take care of the props I go on stage I'm wearing this white makeup like a mime I was actually a mime 
Okay? And I would set up the props and I would make sure that everything is ready. But I'm on stage preparing all these things. Okay? Um, so I was like, I, wanted, I didn't have any lines. I had nothing. But I would go on stage. I'm, mo- I'm, sta- I'm on stage a lot of the times because I'm preparing all these things. But I'm acting. and I was looking forward to what she was going to say. What am I? And then I determined later on, said, wait a minute. Maybe I'm love that I prepare everything, <laughs> set everything up. And I'm like, you know, when, when you try to imagine God's goodness, when you try to imagine what does God's love look like, when, what does God's mercy look like, what, I, I, I need to know, I need to feel, I need to sense it. You know who you can picture? Jesus. Grace came. He came. And Jesus didn't just sit down and waited on people to come to Him. He went to people. He had to go to Samaria. He had to go to Zacchaeus' wife. House, not wife. The wife was there, just said hi. Okay. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus' wife. Oy. Okay. Jarius, he had to go. He was willing to go to Jarius' house. He was willing to go to the other side. He was willing to ride in Peter's boat. I choose your boat. He was willing to go to the centurion's house. He said, you, you know, he said, this, you know, the, the, the centurion was the one who stopped him. Jesus was saying, let's go. But the centurion said, you don't need to go. Again and again. He was willing. His, his cousin just died. John just died. And he wanted to mourn. When, you know, that's, that's a normal feeling. You wanted to mourn. But he was willing to meet with people instead. He ministered to people. He went to a Pharisee's house named Simon. He talked with Nicodemus. He went, and went, he went to the house of Lazarus, Martha, Mary, because there was need there. He was willing to go. In fact, he was willing to leave heaven and be with us. He humbled himself so that he can be with us. He came. And guess what? He doesn't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and... And he would always come. He would, in fact what we need to realize is He's never far away. He, he's never far away. So what is this grace? This grace will reach you. This grace, the expanse of this grace is huge. The reason why we can believe for the year of expansion, because the year of expansion is merely a byproduct of the cause of it, the root of it. What is the root of it? The grace that is already expansive. The reason why you can believe to expand, to grow, to increase, to enlarge, to be stretched, the reason why you can believe for that is because the very empowerment for that to be the fruit is already in you, is already given upon you, it's already been released. The grace is there to expand because this very, the, na- the nature of this grace is expansive. It reaches. There is no place that you can hide or, or, or there's no, no, no dark place. There's nothing that it cannot reach. What does it say? Ephesians chapter 3. We'll end here. I'll read just a couple more scriptures and we'll end. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 to 18. Of course, this is talking about the love of God. But doesn't pastor say, didn't pastor say the expression of love is the demonstration of His grace? Love, grace is a very demonstration of God's love. Ladies, if I ask you, if somebody says, I love you, that's good, right? Especially if somebody you like or you love back, right? But you'd like the expression, you'd like the the declaration to also have demonstration, right? Right? Anybody, ladies, you know, if, if, if somebody says, I love you, you know, I really, I really want to give you everything, you know, if these are just words, I mean, it's good. It's, 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 it's okay. But it's something else, it's, it goes to another dimension when it has demonstration. Right? You are so sweet, I give you something sweet as well. You shine, you sparkle, I give you something that sparkles. Right? It's a demonstration. It's, it's like gift. That's why the gift 
of righteousness. It's grace. It was given to you by grace. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. What is that? It's the expanse of His grace. The width, the length, the height. I, 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 I say that you, you think you've seen the love of God displayed in your life, but you haven't seen anything yet. You will experience the width, the length, the depth, and the height. In Romans chapter 5, it says it this way in, the new, in a new King James. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. I said a while ago, we, we're standing on the grace of God and rejoice in hope for the glory of God. I like, the, I like how it's rendered in the Message Bible. I'll read it to you. By entering through faith into what God has always wanted for us, set us right with Him, make us fit for Him. We have it all together with God because of our Master Jesus Christ. I like that. We have it all together. With God because of Jesus. And that's not all. It's not just, okay, I'm okay, I'm good now. No, that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that He has already thrown open His door to us. And we find ourselves standing where we always hope we might stand. Where is that? Out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. You cannot help. It's just a, it's just a natural reflex. It's a natural uh, uh, response when you see this grace is expansive. It is wide open spaces of His goodness and His glory. When you are in the midst of that, Lord, you are so good. I can't help but to praise you and to worship you and to honor you. That is what grace is. Wide open spaces of God's grace and glory. Do you know why this grace, we can say this grace is expansive? Because first, this grace was expensive. That's why it's expansive. Why is it expensive? It's not, it's not your expense. You didn't pay. This grace was very, very expensive. It's for you and me. It's unmerited. We didn't pay for it. We didn't do anything. It was free. But this grace was paid for by the Father. He did not spare His own Son. I was thinking about this. You know, you can put together all the payments that has ever been made in the history of man. All the commerce, all the trading, and all the bartering, and all of that. All the exchanges in the world that has ever happened in the history of man, and it will not equate to what God paid one time. Whatever payment that has ever been made, put it all together in every day in all man's history, it will not compare to what God paid to give His Son so that you and I can be in Him. That's expensive grace. And because it's expensive grace, now it's an expansive grace. We stand in the midst of it and enjoy this wonderful, wide open spaces that we have in Him. Last thing I want to say, I read this, just want to quote it to you. Our worst days are never so bad that you are beyond the reach of God's grace. Our worst days are never so bad that you are beyond the reach of God's grace. And your best days are never so good that you are beyond the need for God's grace. No matter how bad it gets, God's grace can reach you. But no matter how good it gets, you'll always need God's grace. Amen? Who among you wants to stand in that wide open spaces of God's grace and glory? Father, Help us see that in Christ, this is where we're standing. In Christ, this is what has been made available.
Help us see that. Help us feel that. Help us see the manifestation of that. And help us acknowledge it. And help us let other people know that your grace is so real. That your love is so real in Christ. In your name I pray. Just continue to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here, you've never given your life to Christ. My friend, it's a perfect opportunity. Maybe this is your first time. Maybe you've been coming. Maybe somebody invited you. I don't know what led you here. But I just want to let you know, He was the one who sought for you. He was the one who showed His goodness to you that led you to this point where He's saying, I have made myself available to you to show you my goodness and to display it in your life. What would be your response? I pray that you give your life to Jesus Christ. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, this is a perfect opportunity. So if this is you, you're saying, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life. Even at the beginning of the year, I need Him in my life. If that's you, with every eyes closed and heads bowed, I want you to raise your hand say, Pastor, that's me. I want Jesus in my life. Anybody here? See some hand being lifted up? A couple of hands being lifted up. Praise the Lord. Middle. Maybe, maybe also at the Life Center. If this is you, raise your hand. Okay, I saw your hand. You can, you can bring it down now. For those of you who lifted your hands, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And pray it from your heart. I'm going to encourage the people around you to pray along with you as well. To support you. Say this with me. Thank you, Lord God, for your grace. Your grace sought me out. Your grace was the one who searched for me and found me and brought me here to this place face to face with your goodness. Here's my life, Lord. I give it to you. And I receive the life that Jesus gave up on the cross when he suffered and died when he bled for me and took away every trace of sin and death in my life now I am forgiven fully I thank you Lord I am now made new because of your grace in Jesus name Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifethefort.com.